Hey everyone, welcome to the At Peace Teen Mentoring Podcast. My name is Pink Freud and I received my bachelor's in psychology from Caldwell University and I am now a current student at Walden University pursuing my master's dual degree in clinical mental health counseling and school counseling. Here on this channel, I discuss topics in psychology and relate them to people and events in pop culture. Please keep in mind, I am not a licensed mental health professional, therefore anything discussed in this channel shouldn't be used as a scholarly source or a tool for diagnosis. All right, let's get started. So today I'm going to be giving the full breakdown on what National School Shooting Day is. And since it started off on social media, I'm going to be discussing how social media influences teenage behavior. And then I'm going to conclude this episode with how to have a healthy relationship with social media and the Internet in general. So let's talk about National School Shooting Day. What is it and what happened? So National School Shooting Day started on December 17th and um, it originated on TikTok and it was a challenge where teens called in to their school anonymously and made threats to bring weapons or that there was a bomb in there. And the whole goal of this internet challenge was to have school close a day earlier for winter break. And this is all according to CNN. And then the reports and these threats were not credible, but many school districts, including the ones in my town, were put on high alert. Now, looking at what happened, I can understand why some people may feel that this was insensitive due to the fact that there was a recent school shooting in Michigan. And then I think a month before that, it was Texas that had a school shooting. And then we just passed the ninth anniversary of the Sandy Hook school shooting. So like I said, this started off on social media. This started off on TikTok. A lot of the challenge was talked about on TikTok. Um, where it specifically came from, they're still not sure. They're still investigating. But... It started off on social media and clearly social media in this situation had a very big influence on the behavior in these teenagers who made these threats. So let's talk about how social media and uh, behavior in teens are connected. So the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry says that teens spend on average nine hours on the Internet. And this does not include submitting assignments to Blackboard or Google Classroom. So think about it. Parents are okay with their kids learning eight hours in school, but they forget that when the kid is on the when your child or your teenager is on the internet, they're also learning. No, they may not be sitting down with a notebook and a paper trying to learn, let's say, algebra or pre-calculus, but they're still absorbing that information just like they would in a classroom. It's like it's like a virtual classroom, the internet. So there are pros and cons of social media. I do want to mention that. And the uh, AACAP discuss, discusses this. Two of the pros that really stuck out to me was that 
the ability to find community. When you're a teenager, it does get lonely trying to find yourself and it feels like, you know, none of the adults understand. So it's not unheard of for a teen, especially during the internet age, for teenagers to turn to the internet to find communities or find areas where other people have common interests. And another way the internet and social media can be good is is by staying uh, giving them an opportunity to stay connected to their friends and family. Because in the past couple of years we've had to be separated from our friends or family in some way and it the internet gave a lot of people opportunity to still feel close to their family and their friends. Now, in my experience, um, social media and the internet in general has helped me with my homework. You know, especially with those math questions, you know, I would go right to Reddit or write to Quizlet and type in and say, you know, can you help me do this formula? Not to anybody specifically, but I would I would type the question into the internet and then see if there were any articles posted on Reddit or flashcards made on Quizlet on how to do this specific homework problem. And it usually worked out. So the AACAP does discuss how social media can be harmful to teenagers. One thing that they mention is that the exposure to mature content can be harmful, especially if you're unsupervised. This makes sense because while we shouldn't shelter our kids from the truth and shelter our kids from the world, they should be able to have a, a the most proper understanding of the things that happen in this world. And if they're exposed to mature content, it can become traumatic. During my undergrad, when we were um, looking at, you know, internet studies and like soci sociology and stuff like that, um, there was a term that I learned that was called internet trauma. Internet trauma is when you see something and and it's it's shocking to you to the point where you're experiencing the same symptoms as if you were to see that trauma in person you know, mood changes and, and negative thoughts, anything like that. And so the second way that the internet can potentially be harmful and social media can be harmful is cyberbullying, the exposure to cyberbullying. When you try to find yourself and you're, you know, you're trying to discover who you are as a teenager, it's very easy for people to be very cruel and to say cruel things and mean things that will make you feel like your path to development is going in the wrong direction. And speaking of identity development and things like that, there were some articles that said that the internet was good for forming your identity. And some articles that said that, some articles that say that the internet is not good for forming your identity. In my personal opinion, I do feel like it's a good and bad thing. For example, if a teenage boy is trying to discover himself and, and, and be in intimate relationships with a person, he may look up on the internet how to impress a girl that he likes <laughs> at school. 
that's him developing his way of forming intimate relationships with someone there's nothing wrong with that he may look up you know how to ask a girl out to the school dance or something there's nothing wrong with that at the same time though you may have that same teenage boy trying to look up outfits to wear for the first day of school or how to um, be the best athlete he can be and he may see somebody on there that he may idolize and be like well I can't do that I can't wear that I can't play on this team because I'm not good enough the internet is telling me that I have to be like this and I'm like that so identity development can be a good or bad uh, the internet as far as identity development can be a good or bad thing but going back to the December 17th day or National School Shooting Day, why are these internet challenges so cool to teens? Um, that's something that I didn't understand until I looked up um, Samurai Parent. Samurai Parent is a blog where it's ran by Brian and Shannon Beats, Betts, excuse me, and they discuss how teens because they their brains are not fully developed yet the frontal lobe is not developed which controls impulses judgment and decision making and without that being properly or fully developed it can cause a teen to engage in behaviors that they can't see will have a negative effect in the long run like for example if a teenager sees, um, what was that challenge when they were walking on the, the crates? Okay, so if the, the teen, if the teen sees the crate challenge where they had people walking up crates like stairs and trying not to fall off, the teen sees the video and the teen will feel like, oh, this is great. This is, this is something cool. Like I want to do it. And, and it's also that added factor of competition and who wants to be the, the, the next viral thing that also plays into that harm of participating in those internet challenges. Because like I said, when you go to the, when you see the crate challenge and you have people walking up the crates, a teen will see that video and see the reaction and see the popularity that the person who posted the video was getting and say to themselves, hmm, I wanna, I wanna participate in the crate challenge too. And I wanna be viral just like them. But unfortunately, what would happen and what would end up happening is that there's going to be a teen that sees that and wants to feel popular, wants to feel that acceptance and that approval, and then wind up making the challenge dangerous or creating a dangerous challenge just to be that next viral thing. So the competition for approval is like really dangerous especially when it's surrounded, especially when the internet comes into play. And, you know, during my undergrad, we learned about, you know, the psychology of addiction and addictive behaviors and bad habits. And one thing that we learned is that things that are quick or effortless are sometimes not very good for us. Like, for example, it's easier to cheat on a test than to study. And in my opinion, I feel that social media can be just as addicting as addictive substances. 
Because mind you, let's say, for example, you go on Instagram. I'm not saying Instagram per se is addicting. But you have the act of going onto a social media website. And then you're just scrolling, scrolling for hours with your thumb, just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And that's a repeated behavior. So soon enough, subconsciously, you're going to be associating that social media app with that effortless action, which is so mind-numbing. Which, when we were teenagers, we understood what it was like to sit in a classroom for eight hours to be talked at to talk to be talked at and to just being lectured and and that sometimes may carry into the home when you come home so teens are looking for anything that makes them feel that mind-numbing effortless thing to do and that's why they run to social media but it can also be addicting when you have content that is popular that happens to 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 become popular and that that it goes viral because you have those likes and sometimes likes can equate to money when you post enough content and anything that creates a reward or an incentive it activates that part of your brain which is the dopamine the dopamine hormone that part that when that hormone gets released it's like it's like that feeling of just oh like, like I'm happy this is a reward I'm I'm excited I, I and then it causes somebody to crave it crave more of whatever is bringing them that secretion of that hormone so if you have a team that's that's constantly doing viral challenges and then other teens are watching it they're going to want to crave the same thing that they see that that teenager is getting and when they crave that incentive, when they crave that reward, it's pretty much making social media their personal drug. And the internet has good and bad places, so it is important that no matter what, we do maintain a healthy relationship with social media and the internet in general. So I'm gonna be giving you guys five ways as to how you can have that good relationship with social media and the internet. The first thing you can do, um, I actually saw this on the New York Times, is if you're a parent of a teenager or if you have really good self-control, just ease, ease them into social media. Ease your child into social media. Or if it's you who has, you have a phone for the first time, ease yourself into social media because it can be very overwhelming. Try just starting off with one social media account or try um, sharing an account with your parent. You guys have the same Instagram account. You have like a mother and daughter Instagram account or a father and son Instagram account or a sister and brother. If you have an older sibling, that would be actually perfect because you can learn from them but not feel like, oh, my parent is telling me because you know teenagers, they love to be independent and they will not do anything if they know an authority figure is telling them to. So just try to ease yourself into social media. Take it one step at a time. The second thing you can do is take social media breaks. Personally, me, I enjoy taking about a month off from social media once in a while, especially when there's other things happening. But I do like to take those breaks because 
all of that information can be a lot. And sometimes it's hard to sleep when you're trying to, when you're excited to wake up and be like, oh, what's going on with this celebrity? And what's going on with, with that celebrity? And what's going on with that pulp? with that part of pop culture and oh this person's album is supposed to be coming out like it's very overwhelming even though it's an exciting thing it still can be overwhelming so taking a break once in a while allows you to focus on yourself and maybe some of the things that you want to do that you couldn't do because you spent your time on social media the third thing you can do is avoid social media during emotional times like for example if you know that you have a test coming up that is particularly stressful, maybe going on the internet is not a good idea because number one, it will distract you from studying, but also you're extra vulnerable when you're experiencing any form of emotions, whether they're good or bad. So it's important for you to make sure that you're emotionally balanced before putting anything else emotional into your life or into your headspace. Number four, you can follow positive pages. Any pages on Instagram or Snapchat, any, any people that you can look at that will bring you joy and bring positive vibes and positive energy. Because life is very stressful. And sometimes all we need is a good laugh to get us through the day. And if we're looking at drama and and just depressing news, it's like, how is that going to make our day any better? Sometimes just going on Instagram and looking at a SpongeBob meme can make or break your day. But it's important to have that outlet of positivity to balance the other side because you can't totally avoid negative stuff, but the least you can do is invite as much positivity in your mind and in your headspace as you can. And the fifth thing you can do is double check the news that you find on social media. It may be true, but it is important that because social media social media only allows like quick bursts of like news and like quick things, it's like gone in a flash. Like it's very important to double check on a reliable news source whether or not what you saw was accurate or not. So if you see that this celebrity and this celebrity are no longer together, well, maybe try to look at other outlets so that you can see the full picture. And so I do want to conclude and just say to everyone that social media, no matter if it's fully positive or fully negative, at the end of the day, it is the land of make-believe you know, you can go on there and be anyone that you want. You can show parts, certain parts that only you want to show. And you can also do what you want. And when I say do what you want, I mean by say what you want. Or, you know, in a way, yeah, you can do what you want. Because if you want like a quick makeup look, you just throw on a Snapchat filter. It's like putting on your makeup. So it's like you can look like whoever you want to. And don't think that other people are not doing the same. So I know that 80% of teens have at least one social media account. And all I can say to you 80% of teens is to really look at social media and remember that it's not as truthful as you see, as, as they present it to be. There are a lot of things, like if they can make special effects in movies, then they can make special effects for social media. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to share this episode with those around you. Donations are always appreciated, so if you'd like to contribute, that info can be found in the description box below, as well as any sources mentioned today. As mentioned earlier, I am not a licensed mental health professional. I graduated from Caldwell University with a bachelor's in psychology and I'm now a current student at Walden University pursuing my master's in clinical mental health counseling and school counseling. Anything discussed in this episode is opinion-based and shouldn't be used as a scholarly source or a tool for diagnosis. Can't wait to join y'all here again at the At Peace Teen Mentoring Podcast. This is Pink Freud signing out and remember, a healthy mind is a happy mind.